The following Outlaw Radio audio presentation is parody. Please be a grown-up and accept the following program as it is intended. Some elements of Outlaw Radio may not be suitable for uh, anyone. Outlaw Radio is not for everybody, but neither is Kim Chi. Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio time! What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. The most imitated radio station in the nation. I'm through with standing in line for some fun to begin. But I found a good thing leaving me with a grin. It's time for Outlaw Radio to begin. You have the great Billy Gibbons here? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Allen, pass me a gallon. And it, as I understand it, it was sort of a fluke that you became an actor. Uh, what's the name here? The name Raul Walsh. Raul Walsh. You don't you don't recall who Raul is? Director. Is, is he one of these direct? Is he a director? Is he a guy that I he would kept know? He Warner if, Brothers alive for about uh, twenty years. All right, and why and how? He and Cagney were great friends. Uh, Flynn left to work for Raul. Um, he did most of the big stuff that Warner's did. Uh, when when we the last the last one I did with him was The Naked and the Dead, uh, which was what the most popular novel of World War II. Uh, I did the other one too, Battle Cry. That was Ralph Walsh was was both of them. But Ralph at the time was 91. Holy cow! And I wouldn't jump on that old man if all of us ganged up on him in a dark alley. No kidding. And had a stick. He was a badass. Beat hell out of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he only weighed about 16 pounds, but uh, without his hat. So how'd you run into Raul? No, we rallied into each other. I can tell you, but it's a long story. 
Well, is there any way to uh, uh, tell me? And I'll, I'll, I'm used to cutting people short, but I can't well, cut LQ Jones short. It's it's weird because okay, do you know who Fess Parker was? Of course. Okay, Fess and I were roommates in college. Um, he came out, uh, staggered around for three or four years, and finally lucked. He got battle cry. We were going to do it. We bumped into each other. I had a ranch in Nicaragua. I came up for Christmas. Yeah, but don't don't gloss over there. This this but ranch. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, this well, ranch well. in Nicaragua. Well, he just said is, he did kind of. He's I, got a ranch in Nicaragua. No, but it's the most fascinating. Like everybody has one. It's the most fascinating <laughs> thing. He, he, no, y'all have ranches in Nicaragua. Well, LQ saw an opportunity to make some bucks. He knew that a lot of people sure. were making money in Nicaragua, right? Yeah, because they were. It's and two guys named Mordecai and Pfeiffer were written up in Newsweek as having made what was it fifty thousand dollars in one month growing cotton. So I said, my God, I can I can grow cotton. So I got a guy that could speak Spanish. I sent him down. He said, we have plenty of money, plenty of equipment, and no land. So they gave us some land, or at least we signed a deal. We got back up here and told them we had plenty of land and money, but no equipment. They donated the heavy equipment for us. Mm, nice. Then we told them, the, there we are. So we're down, we're, we're doing this. We're down there, and the... The land that we, we own, 25,000 acres, which there is sort of like your backyard. Oh, no kidding. In At least in Nicaragua. I wish that I was one of the operators on that land, man. I would operate that equipment for you. Uh, we, okay. <laughs> uh, this, we started to put together a deal. If you own one hectare in Nicaragua, you own a gold mine. So we said, aha. So we went out and we were going to buy... Three million acres of land. Nice. Then we're going to come back up here and say, we'll sell you 100 acres for X amount of dollars, and you give the money back to us immediately. We'll buy the equipment. We'll do it. We'll bring planes to ferry it up here. And we had a hell of a deal going for us. And idiot Jones decided to go make pictures. <laughs> Okay. When, when, when you say we, who, who is yeah, the but we? Yeah, but dig this. So you did, you you were profitable, but you thought, well, I might as well be an actor right about that time. No, that's not, that's not quite true. No? In, in my family, you could be a neighborhood rapist. That was okay. Yeah. But you couldn't be an actor, for Christ's sakes. I mean, that was below the kith and kin. So I was supposed to go to college, and I did. You I'm, studied uh, to be an attorney, right? Your, your parents... Had, yeah, I'm three hours away from... Uh, law degree, uh, journalism degree, and business. But I didn't use any of them. I got dumb and got into business. Oh, That's funny. I was three hours away from being an astronaut one time, and I just gave that. <laughs> you, I, no, I, yeah. I understand your popping completely. <laughs> you, were, you were launched into space five weeks right. ago. Yeah, but, <laughs> right. But you didn't have a quarter for that machine out in front of the supermarket. <laughs> That's the big problem right there. The wheel was broken. <laughs> okay. Now, what what light did you want next? So, so you, so you, okay. While you were in Nicaragua, known, by the way, for great cigars, there tobacco in Nicaragua has always been tremendous. Full-bodied. Were you a cigar smoker back then? Didn't smoke. No kidding. Nothing. I've never smoked a cigarette, but cigars have sort of fancied for the last few years. Well, if if you were down there, you smoke cigars. Nobody, you know, you're almost not allowed. Like Samosa was the old man. He was the the, uh, dictator. Everybody says he's stealing money. Blind, he'd steal anything. But if you go into business in Nicaragua, then you had a partner. You didn't realize it, but yeah. he owned 50% of the business. It's a lot like the mafia. Same thing, or yeah. Trump. It's the one to the same Hello, thing. Hello, hi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> what light do you want now? I like him. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the, how did this fellow help you out? Oh. Raul? Yeah, Raul. Raul. Well, uh, I finally worked my way into Warner Brothers. Fess had drawn me a map on the back of a shirt stuffing. The great Fess Parker. Right. Uh-huh. And it was, it was going to drop and it was dying. And I got there because in that time, we had one gate and one guard. So if you came up and you had an apartment, he buzzed you through. I'm dead. But I start walking up. I'm thinking of the lie I'm going to tell. And a little blonde with the tightest dress you've ever seen in your life is walking out the other way. Don't you love that? Guess what he's doing? He's pushing the button. Sure. And I'm whipping in. (laughs) So I'm past the first one. I go into Hoyt Bowers, who is the casting man, Kathy, his secretary, who would throw King Kong out if he didn't have an appointment, is down the hall picking up coffee. I'm by number two. Hoyt's on the telephone. I walk in, sit on the sofa, put my feet up on his desk, and wait for him to get through. When he does, I tell him how lucky he is. I am here to save the picture, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, but that this this is the truth. Yeah. Okay. Finally, he threw me out. But he said, I tell you what, Q, call me. No, no, I wouldn't cue that. Call me this afternoon. So I got back to the house, and there is Fess and three or four others. John Lupton was a huge actor. Anyway, and they said, look, when you go back, I said, I'm not going to go back. The man put me out of his office at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, call me in the afternoon. He's being very nice. Right. That's not the case. If he didn't want you to call, he damn sure wouldn't tell you. So I called him. He said, look, kid, I'm sorry. We can't use you. We've already tested 250 people for the part. All pros. And I said, thank you, and left. And then I got to think, hell, I, did. I called him back and said, look, you don't, he said, oh, for Christ's sakes, get off the phone, come back this afternoon, and I'll take you across to Solly Biano. Beauty. Solly is head of casting. I'm sitting there telling Solly what I'm going to do for the picture. He's telling me why I can't possibly do it, and the phone rings. And I hear him, and he said, yeah, and some guy's sitting, and he explained what I was doing. And the guy, I could hear him on the phone, says, bring the son of a bitch up, and I'll throw his ass out. All right. That's Ralph Walsh. <laughs> okay. Nice. Right. I now go upstairs. They take me in the office. He goes in to talk to Ralph. The secretary is giggling. In about 10 minutes, and he says, okay, send him in. I walk in. Here sits a guy. Behind a desk, he has one eye, the other one is gone. Patch. He's got a handkerchief stuffed in where the, the hole Ooh. where the other eye the was. Socket, yeah. And he's sucking on the other end. Ooh. Oh, handkerchief. oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just saying he waits. Finally, after about three minutes, he says, uh, How tall are you, kid? Well, I'm a little over six feet. I said, well, you know, because LQ in the book was about 5'7". He says, you're a damn liar. You're six feet. Can you say lots of words? Oh, yeah. How do you think? He said, good. Give him a test. So the next day, then it gets, I go into, it goes on for another 10 minutes. I'm, uh, that's what happened with Ralph. So you're saying tenaciousness does pay off sometimes. Say again? Tenaciousness. Yeah, well, yeah. No I mean, you were tenacious. Uh, oh, okay, so you know. Now I come back, and I've got a, a test scene. I show it to Fest. He said, that's terrible. He calls up a director, Bert Kennedy. You know the name? 
Birch was around for a thousand years. Good director with John Wayne. He says, I'll rewrite it for you. He rewrote it. They then rehearsed me. And he says, go up and ask them if you can do it. And whatever you do, don't tell them that I wrote it. Because I'm in the guild and they'll throw me out. All right. I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. So I got there and he said, yeah, yeah, go do what they want to do, kid. And uh, I start to tell him, he said, hell with it. And we do the test. Now we don't hear anything for about three or four days. I now found out later, we have a meeting with Raoul Walsh, Steve Trilling, who actually runs Warner Brothers, and Mr. Mr. Warner. And they get to the part of L.Q. Jones and they say, who's going to do it? And Ralph said, I want this kid to do it. And they said, Ralph, you know, we're going 5,000 miles away to Vieques, yeah. the island. Yeah. Well, you're down there, this kid, if he freezes, what are you going to do? He said, I want the kid to do it. And finally they said, Ralph, you know, can we give you something else? When you come back, call the kid in, give him a day. Everybody's happy and we've made the picture. Ralph Walsh, who has been in the business 30 years, worked from the top downs, says, if the kid doesn't do the part, I quit. Son of a bitch. He had no reason to put his ass on the line for beauteous. Long before the kid stays in the picture, this was the kid stays in the picture. That is beautiful. One of the great show business stories of all time. Our business will kid you if you're you're a, a, a putz. If you will give them a chance, I had about 130 directors on Battlecry, yeah. the first one. But I, so I'm doing the part, right? We go down. We do the first day. He doesn't let me do anything. He just let me sit there and waste away. I'm panic struck. We got three, four Academy Award winners yeah. in this in this scene. Yeah. He you said, you well, know you know them all. You're, you're starstruck a little bit by well, these guys. I, I, I've been, been like this all day. Yeah, you're, you're, you're blown away. Right? Yeah. And finally, uh, the AD says, that's it. We'll work tomorrow. I feel the same way. I was in a movie with Rue McClanahan, <laughs> and she made me feel the what? same way. I couldn't believe it. You, you made you feel. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. She, she, would okay. give, she would give me the chills. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Ralph called me over and says, uh, listen, kid, I don't like this scene. Would you rewrite it like you did the test scene? What am I going to do? Yeah. I've never even seen a motion picture camera, and I'm writing this. No, you're having. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh this God. is gorgeousness, man. So we we get we're in the boat. We're with the landing boat. <coughs> Van Heflin, Aldo Ray, Tommy Cook. Uh, uh, James Whitmore. Yeah. For Christ's sakes. Biggies. They're looking at the script I have written for them. <laughs> None of them throw up. The scene. Everybody applauds me, and we go home. That's how I got started. Wow. In the bed. Oh, wow. is that is that awesomeness? That's a, that's a Cinderella freaking thing. And, you, right there. You, and you, have awesome. not, you have not looked back from that moment. That was it. No, sir. I've been very lucky. The old man smiled on yeah. me. I've got a, a modicum of talent, and. Uh, he just saw to it that things work. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really tough because I look at the kids today and I really feel sorry for them because they like everybody else. They've got talent, but it's like a muscle. You have to use it. Yeah. And they're lucky if they can do what five or six shows in the course of their career. Their career, yeah. I've done a hundred and thirteen right. movies. God bless. And between 400 and 500 
Jeez. television show. Well, one of the first shows you did. Hey, Laura, I think it could be uh, LQ1 there. What, what? You stupid damn fools. Oh, no. Why didn't you shoot this employee and let the others get away? Why did you that employee? I first shot you Albert this man that is beautiful. That's, uh, of course, one of the greatest Westerns of all time, Sam Peckinpah's Western. Uh, it's voted, I think, the number either seven or eight best Western. You have an interesting take on this movie, however, LQ, in that you said you ruined it for what this Western ruined it for Westerns. No, it didn't ruin it. It ruined our business mm-hmm. uh, because... We were doing things. We it, listen now. You can show it in the kindergarten. They see far more with kitty shows. Oh hell yeah! Than we had in the picture, but that was not the case when we did. And we did the show, and it was an instantaneous hit. And now everybody says, Ah, there's nothing to this business. All I have to do is stage a bunch of action scenes. Yeah, we got to see a lot of blood. That's right. Yeah. But let me give you that cue. Normally in a picture where you have a lot of blood, you will run through maybe a pint, maybe a quart if it's a vicious picture. We went through 58 gallons yeah, that was a of lot. blood. That was a lot of massacre there in the uh, wild okay, bunch. So yeah. This is, and everybody says, oh, we can do that. You can't do that. If you watch, you just saw it last night. This morning. This morning. Yeah. If you watch the picture. By the way, you're talking to your buddy Bill uh, Reichenbach, Jr. Oh, I, one, one my the, friend, I thought he was yours. Wow. <laughs> one of the greatest horn players you, on the without, planet. Without doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you. But, but what live was we telling here? So you were talking about the Wild Bunch and how right. much blood they went through. Okay. But you went if through. you look at the picture, you will realize that the action is hinged to the story and the actors. All of the action is, is performance-driven. Incidentally, it's there. But now for about five or six years... Stop and think about it. After the bunch came out, which would be, I think, 60, 62. Yeah, what the hell is this? What what year? Do you have it there, Mark? Yeah, if you can tell us, please, sir. Hold on a second. Yeah, can you help us for once, Mark? No. Just once. It was before delivery. He mumbled something about pay not showing up. <laughs> No? Okay. Whatever. It was early. It must have been late 60s. Okay, so from that point on, all the pictures you saw in Hollywood were action-driven. They had very little story and didn't care about it. Right. And so the business kept coming down and down. Now, I then make a picture that we thought would turn everything around back to stories, good times, good-looking ladies, and actually showing you nothing called The Mask of Zorro. Yeah. And which was a huge hit. Uh, I think we did, it cost us $91 million. But it made something like four hundred and eighty million. And we're talking about the sixties now. It's not a bad return. No, no, that, no, no. This was later. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, that early well, No, it was at least the eighties. Eighties. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, Took you that long to get to Mascazoro? Well, because it, nobody believed you could do that kind of picture and have anybody go see it. Right. Yeah. All right, if you seen, have you seen Mascazoro? Have, have I? Yeah. I'd like to say it's been, if I had, it's been a if long, long time. If you'd seen it, term. you'd remember. Okay, you've, remember you've, you've seen it? Yes, do you have the the uh, CD at home or DVD? I know what you 
I've never met anybody who saw the picture who doesn't have a DVD. Oh, it's that yeah. good, huh? Well, you just well, met, you met, you met one goofball right here that doesn't. But, but it's, <laughs> it's entertainment beyond no, belief. No, I have a boy. I have a copy of a boy and his dog. Too bad. There are no others. Do you keep in touch with uh, Don Johnson? Since I Did I do you? what to him? Do you keep it? <laughs> I just forget the question. No, no. What did you say about Don? No, do you keep in touch with Don Johnson? Do you ever talk to him? Don and I, we got along great. Believe it, because he worked his ass off. Pardon my language. Yeah. Because if yeah, you're don't say actor, work. Don't say work on this show. Don't ever work with kids or with animals. Right. He's working with the talking dog. Yeah, that's tough. That is the greatest performance by an animal ever recorded. No in the world, wow. it is so good that for a while there was a discussion about nominating the dog for an Oscar. Yeah. Well, it certainly beats the pants out of many of the uh, actors winning today. Well, he won. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah. He, when, he won the, the, the Patsy, which is for animals. But this damn dog... Jason Robards also in the picture. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Uh, Hold on were, a second. were you buds with Jason? What? Were you buddies with Jason Robard? Oh yeah, we worked together two, three, four times. How do I love that? Uh, the, Jason, at that point in time, was the best actor in our business. You bet your ass. Period. Yep. So we 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 were first doing the show. Jason did something that was wrong. He had watched the dog work for about three days. And I said, Jason, if you'll hit your mark and say your words correctly, I'll make a star out of you like the dog. <laughs> he knew exactly what I was saying, and he never missed a mark yeah. after that. Nice. If you don't mind me asking, what kind of dog? It's my brother, Mark. It was a mix. Oh, okay. It was a mix. He walked very strangely, if you'll notice, uh, because he had some disease that almost all animals die Is it hips hip no, it was, it, it was uh, oh okay horses or dogs will die from it right they got him out of the pound and cured him and he worked for him ever since that damn dog if you'll pardon me he walked differently when he was going to tell a joke <laughs> than when he was going to be in a fight i love this dog <laughs> In the, in the farewell scene outside of the drop shaft. LQ, you're out of your mind here. Now, hold on a second. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you about this dog. The dog sat down and cried. And if you watch the picture, you will see the tears. Okay, I got to see this. I got to see this again because this this is, I, I'm starting to think you've been, uh, you've been smoking some hooch. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that is, I wasn't lying to you when I said it's the greatest performance by, a, by an animal. animal ever recorded. Well, Rosie O'Donnell was pretty good in one of those movies. Hey, uh, right. Why was but that? Anyway, back to Don Johnson because yeah. we did find. I'm going to tell you what. One of the, if you if you watch the picture, watch for one thing. You will notice that the dog's tail does not wag. Uh. Oh shit! That did every every dog's tail wags. The first day we forgot the the device that we had manufactured to keep his tail. We didn't have it. Uh. We corrected him about twice. From that point on, he never wagged his tail. <laughs> Again. Except okay. to balance himself, which a dog has to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about an alien dog with LQ Jones. We'll be this after back on Outlaw Radio. Now you can take your smoking, drinking, 
with you 24 hours a day on any phone or device. And it's all free. Just go to your friendly app store and search for Outlaw Radio. Then look for the red letters on the sign with the bullet holes in it and download it. It's free. Listen free on the road, in your car, at the beach, or in your backyard. It's all free from Outlaw Radio. Outlaw Radio.